I'm used to seeing California people out here where they, they look, you know, Botoxed, uh, facial scrub, tucked, and very low body fat. And that has changed in since COVID. So COVID has affected the California average mass per capita. I can officially report that. So basically you're saying instead of sticking out like a sore thumb when you used to visit, now you blend in. Oh, that wasn't the angle. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a to the glass bottom podcast episode four the first national bicoastal episode this is you your friend mike broadcasting from california sacramento over there is shards in florida and rob say hi boys yo rob oh so sultry i'm in california i've broken free and i am having a freaking great time and it's good to be here. Good to be here. What up, folks? Uh, we got a great show for you. I'm fired out of a cannon as usual. Got a lot to talk about. And I am relaxed and ready to have some goddamn fun. How about you, idiots? Absolutely. Shards. I'm burnt out. I'm the only person who worked today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is factual. Well, that's all right. You've been carrying the show the last couple of weeks. I'll get this one. Welcome aboard, folks. You have been wonderful to us, and the response has been great. Please continue to reach out to us on email at theglassbottompodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on the Twitters at glassbottompod, at the Instagram at theglassbottompodcast, and Facebook. You can find us as well as all your major download places for podcasts, the Spotify's, the Apple, the Googles. Anyway, I had a good trip. I uh, flew out of Florida on Tuesday, and uh, I had a lot of observations, a lot of fun. I did some guerrilla marketing, possibly, uh, some stickers. So if you're traveling in the major hubs in the United States, go in a men's room and look for a Glass Bottom Podcast sticker that someone other than myself would put on there because it wasn't (laughs) me. It wasn't me. I did a lot of people watching in the airports like I always do. I get there early. I sit back and I watch and I listen. And uh, I saw a lot of interesting people. America is full of interesting people. And the airports is where you go to watch them. Because talk about a slice. I saw everything at an airport. Everything. Did you do a bingo card while you were there? I don't know. I should have. Maybe on my way home. We'll get together. I'll divide. I'll we'll come up with the bingo card maybe at the end of the show to uh, see what the bingo on the travel home is, and we'll talk about that next time. But I should. I didn't. One thing I saw was uh, there is a huge decline in yoga pants. I haven't flown since COVID, and before COVID, when I flew, everybody and anybody who was female from the age of eighty to eight was wearing yoga pants, whether they should or needed to or not. That seemed to have declined. People are back to all different types of pants. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that because it was getting weird there for a while. I think they found out that COVID can get right through those yoga pants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course. Nowhere to say winter in 95. Well, I flew in the winter last time and there was still like people were flying in yoga pants because they look like the ultimate comfortable uh, in yoga pants. So that was cool. And uh, 
the airline, which will go nameless, screwed up my reservation by canceling my flight like less than 24 hours before my flight. So I paid extra. I know, right? And it's the airline who's been having a lot of trouble, but I'm not going to say their name, but it rhymes with mouth rest airlines. And they've been, they've been good to me until this time. I paid extra for early bird check-in because I'm six foot six, about 300 pounds, and I need space. So they send me an email. Everything's confirmed. You're good to go. The next morning when I get up at four in the morning to, to get going, I realize that they canceled my flight and that lost my early bird check-in. And I was assigned C1 trillion, like C999,999 boarding, which would have put me in that back seat where you can't recline and there's less leg room. That's where they make up, the engineers make up the last four inches. Like, how do we rectify this? We're four inches short. Just f- the last seat in the rows. You know, the one back there by the lavatory. That's where I would have ended up. <laughs> So I called and complained and they're like, well, check with the gate agent when you get there. They can do some things to help you. So I get there and the gate agent who spoke broken English, unfortunately, she tried to explain to me I could do A or B. And I was like, I don't understand what you're telling me. Give me the one you think is best. So she gave me on my ticket called uh, extra time boarding. That way I could get in after the A's and before the B's, but I couldn't sit in an exit row technically. I don't know. So I did it. And unfortunately, the stigma, they called like, okay, all the A's boarded and all the business preferred. And now it's like, okay, now all the people that need extra time, it's your turn. And I was on there with all the wheelchair people. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, it was so embarrassing. So, however, leaving Orlando, I just said, okay, you know, I'll go to the back of the wheelchair people. Then I'll go to the back of the infants, you know, traveling with uh, six strollers and five kids. So I ate my lunch there and I was like, oh, whatever. And socially, I did well there because I felt like I had done the right thing. And I got a bulkhead seat. I got first row seat with a bulkhead and I had plenty of leg room and it worked out great. Then we go to Dallas. I'm not falling for this again. I'm, I'm just gonna, I was just going to step up and eat my grits. So they called for extra time boarding. I stepped up in front of the line, in front of the handicapped people, in front of the families and friends. You know, they need to sit together. I need to sit where I have leg room. So I, I, I stuck my chest out and stepped in front of the line. And uh, so I'm kind of shy. I stood back a little bit. And when well, they said, okay, now it's time for people to need extra time. And this biatch little four foot nine chick with dressed to the nines in like Gucci bullshit with a $10,000 rolling rolling suitcase she steps in front of me literally knocks me i'm six six three hundred she's probably five six five foot i don't know 110 she hits my shoulder steps in front of me hands a dude to boarding pass and this chick gets on before i do so immediately immediately. (laughs) like (laughs) i love that i was freaking furious so i get down the jetway and of course you're stuck halfway down the jetway and i was i looked at her and i said well you just stepped right up there didn't you and she just ignored me so i was like that's cool but i was just like what am i gonna do if she sits in an aisle seat uh <laughs> in an escape row seat so the whole time in my head i was just like man if I, she gets the escape route seat that i need i'm just gonna i'm gonna go to jail i'm letting it out and i had the rage inside me it was flaming and luckily she didn't take that seat however i did get to watch her try and stuff her giant gucci carry-on bag that wouldn't fit in the carry-on into the carry-on thing (laughs) so that took about five minutes of her pushing and then an attendant pushed and she pushed and the whole time i was snickering but i got my i got my escape route uh what do you call it exit emergency exit yeah exit row seat and i had a great flight but i did step in front of the way honestly yeah it's not my style i'm not she did it to you 
yeah, but she's in that. And I got to sneer at her the whole way down the jetway and like, I hope it's, <laughs> I hope it was worth it to you. Obviously you're empty. Oh, it was terrible. But I got the leg room I wanted. It was a great flight. And uh, for the first time I slept, I never slept on a flight before, but I put in one of my books on tape from Audible, shout out to Audible. And next thing you know, I'm asleep. And then I wake up, rewind it, start it again. I'm asleep again. And then we're in Sacramento. So that went good. However, not a sponsor, by the way. No, 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 nothing. We don't have a sponsor yet. All we have is pelvic floors. (laughs) Pelvic floors is a stalwart sponsor. Now, if we need a a wood floor, we're good to go. They don't give us money. They just give us a free wood floor if we ever need a floor. So I'd like to talk to the people out there and just say, hey, when you're cattle called at any airline, like, look around. If you're not the tallest motherfucker that's standing around, don't take an exit row or a bulkhead seat. Just don't do it because we need that. I need that. It's part of being 6'6". Like, I didn't ask to be this tall. I don't fit in cars. I'm uncomfortable in cars. I'm uncomfortable everywhere. Give me the goddamn exit row. That's all I ask. It's a kindness. If you see me walk up and you're sitting there and you're four foot nine, 80 pounds, get the fuck up and move, please. That's not too much to ask, is it? I have a question for you. Yes? Were it economical, would you be able to purchase two seats? Like, not, I know you can. I'm asking you personally, would you yes. purchase two seats so that you can sit in two seats? I'm not fat, Rob. I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is nobody, nobody fits in an airline seat. All right. Everyone sits like I hear you. their arms tight to their chest. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I did that. Even in my exit row seat, I had to put my arms in my chest and it was a tight fit. But I'm cool with that because I, I can fold myself horizontally perfectly. Even vertically, I can fold myself. I sit in the back of my kid's RSX. It's cool. I don't like to do it, but I can do it. But I'm just saying it's a kindness. So I don't need two seats. What I need is short people to not sit in the exit rows. Why? Because they're like, oh, I was an early boarder. I paid to be an early boarder. I'm going to sit here because this is a premium seat. I need that seat. That's like when you go to a bathroom and take the handicap stall because it's bigger. And then some guy sits in a wheelchair waiting for you to finish backing one out and uh, playing on TikTok. Meanwhile, he could have been doing business. You know, that's what's happening. I'm handicapped on an airplane. I am handicapped. I'm a giant on an airplane. (laughs) So taking an exit road. You get a license plate for that? I wish I could. I wish the airport parking in the handicap spot. That's why I'm appealing to all the people around the world, since we're international and bi-coastal, to don't sit in an exit row if you're not extremely tall. And if somebody extremely tall comes to the exit row, just go, hey, I got you. You sit here. I'm going to find a regular ham and egger seat. But they don't do that. They look at you like, you should have paid extra to board early, which I f***ing did. And they screwed that up. So that's all I'm asking, world. Get out of the exit row when you see a six foot six, uh, large jowled fatty liver guy come down the aisle. That's all I'm asking. So that leads me to something else. I saw a TikTok where uh, a dude says, hey, try this. You won't believe what the response is. Next time you fly, bring four $5 gift certificates for Starbucks. And when you get on the plane, the lady that greets you is the head stewardess, the attendant, give her the four gift cards and you just say, hey, this is for you guys. Appreciate what you do. And he goes, just watch what happens. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. They can't change my seat and they don't give you anything on. So this time I'm going to let you know next week what happens. I'm going to buy four Starbucks gift certificates and I'm going to hand them to the head attendant, male or female, and say, hey, this is for you folks. Thank you for what you do. Appreciate it. And I'm going to see what happens and report back on what happens. So email us at the glass bottom podcast at gmail.com if you know what's going to happen and we'll read it. But 
I'm going to tell you next week what actually happens if you do that. And I'm interested. I want to see what happens. I don't expect anything. I just assume one of them passed by and go, thank you. That was nice or nothing, but we'll see. Apparently there's some amazing thing that happens. Any ideas? Oh, cheat codes on what to get free drinks. Maybe. No, you'll probably get the, uh, the cookies. Mm, cookies are good. Those first class cookies. Oh yeah. But I don't think this has first class. I think has get on early class and get on late class. So either way, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think they give you much. I you know, remember uh, when it went from uh, first class and coach, like they got rid of coach seating and they're like, ah, we'll just name it something else. So people don't feel like we're treating them like garbage. <laughs> yeah. Flying still sucks for the general public and I do not care for it. Although this time mouth rest did a great job and uh, I had a great experience. So I'll let y'all know uh, what happens with the great gift card experience experiment. Next thing I want to talk about uh, off the bat is blinkers. You know, that stick on the left-hand side of your steering wheel where you push it down and your left lights blink and you push it up and your right lights blink. That actually works out here. Do you know this? People use it in California. No, not in California. You can't use it in California because it causes cancer. Well, it's everything in California causes cancer. You're right, Rob. You are correct. The bulbs, everything. Uh, but you turn on your blinker out here and people actually let you in and they actually go, oh, he's moving over. Let's make room for it. In Florida and everywhere else I've been, especially with my great trek up the East Coast last year, the blinker actually means move up and fuck me is what the blinker means in every other state. But here, at least four times already, uh, with my mom trying to direct me where we're going at an 81 year old pace, I have to turn on my blinker and hope for help. And they help you. They, they let you in. They slow down. It's amazing. The blinker works in, in California and they use the blinker in Florida. Most people don't even use it. So that's one of the great perks of being out here is the blinker means something. Come on world. Respect the blinker. Won't you please? I don't think I've ever heard anybody praise California drivers. So that's a first for me. Same. Well, I grew up driving out here and I can't speak for now because I have limited experience. But when I was a kid, like people knew how to merge. They would hit the end of the merge ramp doing highway speeds instead of stopping at the end of the merge ramp and looking over their shoulder like the like the nor'easters do or getting to the end of the ramp and then hoping someone lets you in and then slowing down and getting hit here. They just you get up to highway speed. and They let you in. That's the way it used to work. It should still work that way. I'll let you know. Yeah, that's terrible in Florida. Good drivers in California. I've never noticed that more in any other state that I've driven in than here in Florida that people slow down on the on-ramp. It's atrocious. I noticed that people come to a complete stop when they're making a right-hand turn off a road. Not like a rolling stop like you normally would. Complete fucking, let me make sure that I'm not going to run over a tortoise or something stop. I do love tortoises, but... Yeah, that happens too. But people used to be able to drive good out here. It seems like the average driver ability has gone down. It's still a little hectic, but the blinker still means something out here. In Florida, I've equated it to, especially I've driven in Miami many times and I've drove in Miami after Hurricane Wilma knocked out all the stoplights. And you talk about chaos. When the stoplights are working in Miami, people clog the intersections. If the light's red and it's your turn to go, you pull out and block the intersection and nobody goes left and right until you go because you pulled out. It's like a machismo thing. Like this is mine to take. I'm going to take this. And if you turn on your blinker, trying to get off on a merge or something, they will pull up and be like, no, this is my space. So I think it's a machismo thing from Latin culture, possibly. 
to this is my space. You're not going to get it. California, it's more like, okay, let's work together and we'll all get to our shitty jobs and do our shitty work and get our shitty paycheck. Speaking of that, I stopped at uh, CVS after I got off the airplane to get some stuff like deodorant that I didn't pack. Holy essing s! The cost of living out here is astronomical. You know how much a stick of effing deodorant is at CVS? Guess what? One stick of deodorant of your choice costs at CVS in in California. Thirty seven dollars. Eight bucks. <laughs> Eight dollars. You're right. Eight dollars. How'd you know that? Because I lived there. Okay. Can you imagine paying eight dollars for a <laughs> Rob Pecan? Eight dollars for a deodorant, sticky deodorant. What the foxtrot? Yeah. Everything there, everything I needed that was like gonna be three dollars in Florida is eight dollars. And going out to lunch here is good food, which we're gonna talk about in a second. But uh, a pizza is like thirty-five dollars. Like a good. And I'm not talking fast food, which we'll get to. I'm talking just a pizza, a good pizza at a pizza local pizza place, thirty-five dollars. Wow. Gas is like over $4 a gallon here. I don't know how anybody lives here. This is nuts. I mean, the cost of living all the way down to deodorant and toothpaste is off the charts. So good luck. I don't know how people do it out here. I guess they make a pile of money. Unbelievable. They must. Oh, my God. And that leads me to how do fast food places survive out here? Because there's so much organic good food. We got off the plane. And the airport's in the middle of nowhere. So we're driving down the middle of nowhere out through these rice fields and fields. And there's a big intersection and there's a taco truck there. My mom's like, oh, he's here today. Let's get a burrito. So we pull over to this rundown jank ass taco truck. We order a burrito, still $11 burrito, but he hands it out the window. And I thought he handed me a baby. This This goddamn thing weighed eight pounds, seven ounces. And I got a steak burrito. And like, if you get one at Chipotle, the steak is like sprinkled on the top half of the burrito and the rest is rice and dog shit. This burrito was steak all the way through. It weighed five pounds. I ate it and I was completely wiped out and full for the rest of the day. I couldn't even go enjoy more garbage food because this, this taco truck gave me a burrito that was as big as a kid for 11 bucks. That is amazing. How does Taco Bell handle that? How do they deal with that? Everywhere you go here, there's a mom and pop restaurant in every corner. You can hit one, you throw a rock, you hit a nice mom and pop small restaurant or a Mexican toqueria. How do, how are there fast food restaurants here? Who's going to eat that? Who's going to eat Wendy's when you could get that for the same price? I don't know. That's what I miss. I do miss that a lot. Me too. So when you have a situation where you can throw a rock and hit a mom and pop shop that'll give you six pounds of beef or go to Wendy's or uh, McDonald's, I don't know how they survive, but they're here and I don't know how they do it. You guys have any, uh, any input or anything similar to that that you've experienced? Um, well, while living in California, while I did thoroughly enjoy going to those like mom and pop shops, yeah. uh, they're not open 24-7 like most of the other places are still. And drive through windows are where it's at for sure. Mm-hmm. It is for convenience, but I mean, oh, the food out here is so much better than out anywhere I've ever been. Yeah, how's the beef out there? You actually have a beef market. It's good. It's good. Uh, I've eaten a lot of beef since I've been out here and everything's good. Uh, we had calamari at a, at a restaurant and it, instead of being little condom sized rings of rubber, they were just giant chunks of squid, uh, deep fried and so tender and juicy, like everything. So that burrito that dude gave me, not only was it a ton of meat, it's like fresh cilantro, fresh pico de gallo, everything, every, the produce is amazing. It's amazing. Back east, you get, uh, you know, the old dill pickle and some of those onions that are little pellets from McDonald's. I don't know. 
the food is night and day. The food out here is amazing and I don't want to ever leave, but I can't afford it. So I guess I got to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who can afford to live out there. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I meant to get to a Walmart before uh, we recorded today to see what the person L look like, you know, California Walmart versus a, a Florida Walmart, but I, I didn't make it, but I did go to a California Sam's and again, the uh, average mass per capita of person has definitely gone up since I was out here last time. And the Sam's crowd is looking a lot less California and a lot more national average. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm used to seeing California people out here where they, they look, you know, Botoxed, uh, facial scrub, tucked, and very low body fat. And that has changed in since COVID. So COVID has affected the California average mass per capita. I can officially report that. So basically you're saying instead of sticking out like a sore thumb when you used to visit, now you blend in. Ow. Wasn't the angle. (laughs) 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 However, your logic is undeniable, Sean. (laughs) Yes. I fit in now. I do fit in now. Thank you for that. If it's any consolation, no matter what the crowd looks like, I'll never fit in. Oh, that's not true. I'll stick out like a sore thumb, like an actual thumb (laughs) in the crowd. (laughs) I don't know. I think you do really well in a monastery. Kind of with a hoodie situation. (laughs) Sure. Or get a join the monks. That's what I'll need to do. Then I'll blend right in. A tattoo of a thumbnail on the back of your head and you'd look like someone giving a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Well, I knew things were going to be weird when I got out here because I saw a bad omen before I left. The day before I left, I was driving through hometown on the main road and I saw a houseless person with a dog and it was a three-legged dog. And this, this really caught my eye. So the dude's pushing a shopping cart full of stuff, pulling a dog who's only got three legs. He's missing his uh, passenger side rear. However... And this could be a public service announcement when we get into this is if you have a dog that gets his leg amputated, it's probably best to amputate his testicles while you're there. This poor dog was doing that three-legged dog hop thing with a giant set of testicles. And I felt so sorry, but yet I couldn't stop looking as I was trying to drive my 5,000-pound truck through traffic. This dog is going ba-boom, 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 and his testicles were in... (laughs) phase so they're going bow forward bow backwards bow forward bow backwards bow forward and backwards that is not a good look a three-legged dog with giant testicles running is not a good look and i felt bad for the dog so <laughs> i didn't know we were gonna go there today but um all right You're, man <laughs> hello glass bottom podcast calling, glass bottom podcast calling. <laughs> yeah it was a bad omen I never seen anything like that. I've seen three-legged dogs, but I never noticed their testicles being violently slammed against their rectum and then against their stomach <laughs> and against their rectum <laughs> and against their stomach. So a public service announcement to everybody out there. If you're gonna get your dog's leg amputated, look at the geometry. If it's a front leg, it might be different, but this was a rear passenger side leg. And I'm sure a rear driver side would do the same thing. You got to look into the logistics and take care of that poor dog and get them fixed. Cause you probably get it all in one cut. Yeah, they're gonna knock them out. You know, uh, you think a good vet would be like, uh, would be like, hey, w- while we're in there. And meanwhile, speaking of good vets, my mom, who's in the eighty-one plus demographic, bless her heart and happy birthday, she turned me on to Doctor Pole on the Nat Geo channel. He's a vet. Have you ever seen this guy? No, Doctor P O L. He's an old guy. He looks like he's got the accent, like he's from the far, like Eastern Europe. 
And uh, he's an old-time veterinarian doctor from Minnesota, where he works on everything from birds to cattle to sheep and goats. It's a, it's actually a great show. I'm mesmerized by it. Maybe it's because I'm on vacation. But Dr. Pohl, the incredible Dr. Pohl, I've watched out with my mom, bless her heart, and we've seen some incredible stuff. Like, did you know there is a tool that is a bumper jack from an old, remember the old bumper jacks on old trucks, you know, that could lift a truck like six feet in the air to get it, to get it the wheel off the ground. Yeah. So this dude gets called to a dairy farm to help deliver a baby calf. And first he tries, you know, what you normally try, sticking a glove on that goes up to your shoulder and reaching in there and, you know, grabbing the baby cow and pulling it out with your hand going through the cloaca. Apparently cows have cloaca. It's one hole, does everything. I didn't know that. I didn't know mammals had cloaca. But if you can't get her out with your hand, wrestling it for five minutes, you know, shoulder deep in a cow, he goes to his truck and he pulls out this bumper jack that hooks on the ass of the cow, like behind his thighs. Then you put a chain around the calf's neck and then you start bumper jacking this goddamn thing. It's a freaking bumper jack. And he pulls the calf out with a, with a, with a truck bumper jack and everything's great. It's like, ah, another day in the, another day in the life. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, I have not. (laughs) Neither. I settled in with my mom with a hot cup of cocoa, ready to watch some vet save a parrot with, you know, with, uh, with athlete's beak or something. And next thing you know, he gets a call and he's out there bumper jacking cows <laughs> out of the back of other cows with a, with a freaking bumper jack. And then he goes to help this horse with a bad uh, hoof. And this horse is like pissed off and, you know, a 2000 pound horse ain't going to stand still. So he's old school, right? He grabs this like a, a strap wrench, like you'd use to take an oil filter off. And he puts it on this horse's nose and he twists this horse's nose with this strap wrench until it's like, uh, like when you're castrating a cow, I guess, you know, like his nose turns into a ball sack and he's got this strap wrench and all of a sudden the the horse is like, calm down. He's like, oh yeah, this is an old tool called the so-and-so. We just put this around their lips and tighten it until their lips almost explode. And then then they chill out and then he does what he has to do. I've seen some stuff in the two days I've been here on Dr. Pole that have blown my mind. And that's just the beginning I'm sitting there with my my mom thinking we were going to drink cocoa and talk happy thoughts. And next thing you know, this guy's doing this kind of stuff. Unbelievable. It's pretty cool. But the coup de grace was, Rob, do you know how to treat a pig with a prolapsed anus? I'm sure you do, but just pretend like you don't. I I don't. And I'm more concerned that you think that I do. (laughs) Come on. According to the people in Minnesota that I watched on this show, it's like upper Minnesota, which again, the average density of the human body there is very large and there are some very interesting people that live in minnesota that you would see at walmart which is fine so if your pig has a prolapsed anus which apparently happens a lot in minnesota because i saw probably three episodes with dr pole where he had to save a pig with a prolapsed anus uh what you do is you uh first of all looks terrible seeing it is just it scares you. It looks like an alien. It looks like an alien attack. Like, here's where they're coming from. Pig's asses. Shoot every pig you can find because the aliens are coming out of their asses. No, Dr. Pohl, he's like, oh, it's no problem. Here's what we do. Uh, you hold the pig's mouth, and then I will come back here. He sticks a piece of surgical tubing in the pig's ass. It's a tube. And then he takes a rubber band and sticks it around all that cauliflower and uh, broccoli and uh, Brussels sprouts that's hanging out this poor pig's butt. And he sticks, wraps it around there, and he's like, okay, in a few days, all this stuff will fall off, and the pig will poop through the pipe. That'll be $500. Thank you. This what? Is what? That's what I said. <laughs> this is what Dr. Pulls up to. He's a good dude, and he knows how to work, but unbelievable. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. <laughs> what? That's what I said. What? 
it just falls off and the pig keeps going. <laughs> yeah, it might work on humans. I'm not recommending it. I am not a doctor, but I'm just saying if you know somebody who happens to prolapse their anus, the the cure apparently is surgical tubing in your butthole, a rubber band around all the stuff that comes out and just wait it out. Everything's going to work out fine. That's what I learned on Nat Geo's Dr. Pole. Because apparently you don't need that part anyway. I guess you don't. <laughs> I guess you don't. And the way it looks is absolutely absurd. And to him, it's normal. This chick comes in with a pig that looks like it crapped out its entire guts. And he's like, oh, that's nothing. Here's what we do. We just stick this in, put that on. And call me if anything goes wrong. Bye-bye. Meanwhile, I'm going to go... I'm going to go bumper jack a cow out of another cow. Whoo. Wow. Yeah. There's something going on with Dr. Paul. I love the guy. It's a great show, but it's not our demographic. It's kind of in the 70 plus demographic, I think, but I enjoyed it. I'm here to chill and relax with my mom. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm learning. And now you are smarter for knowing that I know Dr. Paul. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I guess if you did just tie it off and let it fall off, I guess it wouldn't come back out. Nope. And I guess, <laughs> I guess the blood flows cut off and it just falls off. That's all I can tell you. They didn't, you know, they didn't show what happened. They just tell you he fixed it and this is how it works. You got a pig running around with a piece of tubing running his ass like a fuse and a rubber band around his blown out anus. That's normal in Minnesota. That's what, that's my takeaway. How did the Michigan get into that in, into that situation in the first place? But I, I that's a know. great question. I don't have an answer for that. They don't tell okay. you all the backstory. They just say, right. "Oh, my pig has this," and they show you. They don't give you warning. They're like, "Oh, my poor." The pig's name was Pickles. God bless Pickles. What a great name for a pig. Pickles has this. What is it? And then you're like, "Oh my God! There was no warning for that shit." <laughs> oh, God, There's no geez. warning. And then I'm invested in a pig's prolapsed anus. That's how this show works. But in the end, I felt entertained and happy, which I hope people listening to this show will be. <laughs> uh, and again, this all started from, please, if your dog has a rear leg amputated, please have him fixed. Thank you very much. Oof. That reminds me of uh, a cow video that I saw where the guy's like picking out the boogers out of the cow's nostrils. Uh, but he, like, like a farmhand, right? Like, it's just part of his day job. They got the cow all fucking uh, trapped up and like throwing absolute fucking nuggets out of this motherfucker. <laughs> doing it barehanded. Yeah. Let's build a wall. So people that will do this voluntarily don't come here and do this. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Nothing about what happens on farms is anything I want anything to do with. So God bless any person from whatever country or where you're at, American, wherever, that can do what these people do on farms because it is not great. Yeah. No. Not pretty at all. Oh, one more thing Dr. Pohl did. Cows, they're, uh, they get bloated. They eat the wrong stuff and their guts quit working right. Plus, apparently their, their lung nerves are hooked to their stomach nerves somehow. So if they have a lung problem, it affects their digestion and they end up bloating and building up gas that can't come out because they can't burp. So easy solution. Dr. Pohl brings out this barbaric thing. It looks like something if you were going to hang 800 pounds on drywall, you would have this giant auger, orange plastic. Dr. Pohl's like, oh yeah, it's bloated, eh? We're going to take good care of this. It'd take me about five minutes. So he takes his giant orange plastic auger and he just starts twisting it and he even says righty tidy lefty loosey <laughs> and he screws it in just 
to the south of the spine and between the ribs of this cow. And I guess it pierces the rib, the rib meat, which I enjoy. Beef ribs are the best. And then into the stomach that's bloated. And all of a sudden he pulls out the centerpiece and it's like, it starts letting uh, methane gas out of the cow's ribs. And all he did was screw this giant drywall anchor dry, no lube, no anesthesia into this cow's chest. And all of a sudden his uh, stomach starts farting out this methane. That, my friends, is Dr. Pohl, the incredible Dr. Pohl. That sounds awful. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? <laughs> oh, my. God. Imagine the smell. Oh, yeah. The the <laughs> rancher was standing next to him, and he started gagging. But Dr. Pohl's like, yeah, it's something you get used to when you do this quite a bit. I don't know about that, Dr. Pohl. I don't know. I don't think you have to stand there while it's deflating and smell it. I would kind of step away and talk to the camera. No, he just stands there like, oh, yeah, it's draining good now. Yeah. And... I saw a TikTok video today. They must be monitoring me that I'm watching Dr. Pohl. Someone did the same thing on TikTok, and then they lit the gas coming out of this goddamn thing, and it gives off a flame, like a four-inch flame of methane coming out of a cow's chest with a drywall anchor. You screwed in that son of a bitch. Swear to God. Jeez. Wow. I've, I've, I've seen some stuff. Sitting with my mom watching TV, I've seen some stuff. And I don't <laughs> think I'm going to recover. I don't think I'm going to recover fully. It's changed me quite a bit. That's a free shout out to the incredible Dr. Pohl. Uh, I can't use any of the stuff he passed on in knowledge. However, I could not turn it off. Not only are the people that come in there very interesting, to say the least. Last time I saw people that interesting was that Pawn, that Pawn and Bale show, like in Detroit. You guys ever see that show when there was like, yes, yes, same kind of people. <laughs> Instead of coming in to get people out of jail, they're coming in to say, yeah, my anus of my pig is sticking out, Dr. Pohl. What can you do? <laughs> like same demographic. I was like, I've seen these people before, but they were doing other things. That's what's up in <laughs> Michigan. Wow. Yeah. Incredible show. And that's what me and my mom have been doing. Eating, drinking, and uh, eating some more. And I played bingo for the first time with my uh, beautiful 81-year-old mother. And I had a blast. Y'all ever play bingo? Did you win? Yeah, I was going to say. My win? mom did. 85 bucks. Oh, shit. Oh, no. She paid 10 bucks to play. She got 10, 10 cards for 10 bucks. I paid 10 bucks for 10 cards. And my mom hit one of them and she won 85 bucks. But did, right. bingo is a whole thing. It's a culture. It's a to do, as Shards would say. None of you have ever played professional bingo? No. No. Well, you got a lot to learn. I had to learn quick. Like, it's not just like when you're a kid. Uh, they do different shapes and there's a name for every shape and people know this name except for new people like me. Like they just don't do get four in a row. It's, you have to get a kite. You have to get four in one corner and then some kind of tail that goes diagonal. That's what they do to make it interesting. And it was interesting. Uh, I, I consumed a lot of alcoholic beverages, so it got a little fuzzy at the end. However, every round it was something different. And I was like, why can't we just do four? If I get four in the bees or the whatever. No. There's kites. You got to know what a kite is. You got to know what a bow tie is. You got to know what blackout is. You got to know what all these different shapes and, and names are. And if you don't, they're like, oh, that's called a bow tie. You got to do this. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it's like extreme bingo. Well, these older folks take it like legit. Like the big faux pas I made was like when it was a bow tie or a four corners, like you had or a picture frame. You have to get all the ones around the outside. That's called a picture frame. You got to know the nomenclature. I'm knocking off every number as they call it. You know, I'm going like B6. You squeeze these blotters on there. 
And this lady leans over and goes, you don't have to mark everything. See, you just read the where you want it to be. I was like, I can't do that. Could you do that, Shards? Wouldn't you want to log every number? These people are just logging the numbers they think matter. Am I crazy? I mean, no. yeah, you are crazy, but like not, <laughs> yes. not for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I got reprimanded and then re-educated like, Listen, if it's this shape, you don't mark B25. If it's not part of the shape, you just move on. And I was like, that makes no sense. He read a number. I'm going to mark it off. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, right. No, that's not what we're doing here. And I realized the reason you don't do that is you got to be the first one to yell bingo. So if I'm busy marking a, a number that doesn't matter, someone else calls bingo. Even if I might have got bingo, I'm worried about numbers that don't matter because you got four four bingo cards, four bingo sections on each card. So if I'm busy marking this number that means nothing on one card, I could be missing a bingo on my fourth card. Like there's a mm. lot going on there. Okay. All right. All right. The last time I played bingo was at a family get together. Emily's, uh, I think grandparents. Yeah. And it was like a Christmas party bingo and they give away gifts for it. Mind you, I'm, I'm I think I'm like 23 at the time. You must have been Play, excited. Playing bingo with like the rest of the family, mostly kids. Very excited. Know? And, and the point of it was the kids winning, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But did that stop me? No. Not a goddamn minute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It did bring out my competitive juices. I won at least six times. What? Just you over and over, right? Never been invited back there again. <laughs> you sound like Gaylord on uh, Meet the Parents. Like, it's just a fun game of volleyball in the pool. Take it easy. But then it's yeah, not. It's not. No. It's not. That's the way it was there, too. I mean, it was fun. It was at a moose club, so the drinks were cheap. We had a lot of fun drinking. They had cheeseburgers available at your whim, and I was there for the food and the liquor. And next thing you know, I'm competitively bingo. And my mom wins, and I got really competitive. So I started buying extra cards and falling way behind it you know you watch these old ladies play bingo and they're like oh this is no problem like i got two cards going at the same time and i'm lost like i can't blot numbers fast enough and i'm you know I'm, i thought i would kill it i lost bingo is crazy and the most fun part is every time oh 69 is called the guy goes and here it is again Oh, 69 and 200 people oh 69 <laughs> we had a blast that's amazing. <laughs> it was fun. I tried oh, to 69 to the people with an average age of over 69. Yeah, but they they still got some fire in the tank based on the 069 response. My favorite thing was when he would call before, I would say, and after. But that didn't catch on, I guess. That didn't catch on. Mm, mm. I also uh, found out another faux pas was that you always have a free space in the middle of the card. And uh, you're supposed to mark that right away because it's a free space. And my favorite joke that never got anywhere was, when are you going to call free space? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the, old people didn't, the old people didn't like that joke. So that didn't go over well. So I played bingo. I ate cheeseburgers. Uh, we're going in and out tomorrow. I've got so much food and liquor in my future. I cannot tell you how I am to be here. California is a great place. Just to be honest with you, I'm actually shocked that the free space joke didn't take off with the mold people. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that gets said every time a newbie comes in there like, 
myself. I was a newbie. And uh, I think that's the faux pas. Like someone's going to make a free space joke. And I was that guy. I was that guy. Oh, no. oh it's like uh, when you work in retail and something can't scan. So I was like, oh, it must be oh, free. Like, oh, yeah, it must be heard free. This it must be free. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did keep trying as I want to do. And I did hit a home run with one thing. One of the 069s, the, uh, the guy doing the voice, uh, he had a voice of God, I'll tell you the truth. He did an 069 joke and I was like, oh, 69. And then he needed a new drink. So he called out a girl's name and he says, can I get one of those, Becky? And uh, everyone snickered. And then later in the night when 069 came up, they all said, oh, 69. And I said, can I get one of those, Becky? Oh, brought the house down. <laughs> brought the house down. So <laughs> it took me a while to find the the 80 plus demographic soft spot but i found it with that joke and i was pretty happy about that so, <laughs> having a good time with my moms in california and i'll bring back plenty of more stuff i'm barely halfway into my not even close to halfway into my california trip so this is the tip of the iceberg and you know sometimes you start with the tip but it gets better as you go in right you think i don't know i've been married for 30 years well i'm just throwing that out there One of the perks of hanging out with your mom as uh, you get older and, and your parents get older is you get to tell them old things that you did when you were a kid that uh, are regrettable that they didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've had a couple conversations where I ruined my mom's perception that I was a upstanding, fine young kid. And that's fun. So that leads us into uh, this one time. So I got to watch my mom's amazement when I told her this one time, uh, one of my friends, Chuck had an old 65 Mustang that was a beater. This is back in the day. And uh, we used to go out at night cruising, causing trouble after we graduated high school. And he was still in high school. So we were talking about my my friend's mothers and my friends and what happened to him. And I told her, oh, what about this one time? Me, Chuck, and some other friends, we were riding around in his Mustang. It's about 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. And we we're up to no good. And we found this place in the country club where I lived, which was where all the rich people lived. Nice houses, nice everything. But it was a condo area. And uh, since there's hills in where I grew up, the top part of the condo complex was up high on a bluff. And then the lower part was down below it. But we found a place where uh, there was a road, a cul-de-sac that ended. And then it pointed towards a bluff where you go up about 30 feet at about a 30 degree angle. And it led to another cul-de-sac. You see what I'm saying? Like a staircase situation. So we uh, were like, hey, Chuck, let's go. Let's go take that jump in your Mustang. Talked him into it. Finally, there's four of us in the car. I'm in the back seat, And uh, we convinced him to go through the country club in this beater Mustang with bad exhaust. 10 o'clock at night, you know, everyone's asleep there. He turns around the cul-de-sac, lines it up, and we're giggling. And uh, he takes off, but he does it kind of slow because he's a smart guy, kind of, and he's kind of apprehensive. So we hit, the, we hit the jump at about, I don't know, 20 miles an hour, maybe 15, and we catch about a foot of air. And it, it bounces and we all laugh, but it didn't seem like the payoff we wanted. So my other friend, Jay, he's pretty smart guy, manipulative. We all started picking on Chuck like, that was lame, dude. Why didn't you hit it faster? It takes about two hours. We finally talked Chuck into uh, going back there, but he's like, I'm not doing it, dude. I'm not taking my car off that any faster. So Jay says, I'll do it. So Jay gets in the driver's seat of this beater old 65 Mustang powder blue with a four cylinder, six cylinder, straight six, I think it was. And we go two hours later back down to this place, middle of the night. These old people were probably frightened when that car shuddered on the ground last time. 
And old Jay, who uh, has no limits, he hits the gas. We hit that goddamn 30-degree incline at about 40 miles an hour, at least twice the speed that Chuck hit it. Next thing you know, it's Apollo 13 in the back of that fucking car. Like, I'm back there weightless. (laughs) I'm completely weightless. Arms in the air going, holy (laughs) shit. We're all going to die. We caught so freaking much air. I couldn't believe it. I felt like I had time to think about my taxes and uh, past girlfriends while I was floating weightless in the back of this Mustang. We finally hit the ground. The suspension bottoms out. It's all sparks and grind and smash. The car rolls away. The motor sputtering because we broke an engine mount and that threw a bunch of crap off. And I couldn't believe it. Oh, my God. We caught at least six foot of air in a 65 Mustang powder blue. And I was in the back. No seatbelts. Nobody had a fucking seatbelt on. My mom could not believe it. She said, are you serious? Like, yeah, Ma, you, I figured you kind of knew what was going on. No, she had no idea. But we drive away, right? Me and Jay were laughing. Chuck was like, you broke my goddamn car. You broke my car. It's like, what'd you expect to happen? What do you think Jay was going to do? You know, we've been together for 10 years. We knew this was going to happen. We get down the road. We pull over and we look and we're laughing. The car's okay. It's running like shit. It's obviously got a broken motor mount because the motor's jumping around there like a like a gorilla, like an orangutan on a rope swing. And uh, we laugh our way to the back of the car, and his whole back valance is missing, which has his license plate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is how stupid we were. So we go back, and we're like, it, I'm sure they called the cops. It made so much noise. I mean, it, it, it had to be a three-alarm cop response to this crash. We go back there. We park a couple blocks away. We think we're ninjas at the time, you know. Cue the music from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. We sneak through the shadows, through the backyards, and we go. We get there. There it is, sitting right in the middle of the road. His license plate screwed to this piece of shit valance. They didn't find it. The old folks didn't find it. So we're the smartest guys in the world. We go grab it and drive off. And that was one of the greatest moments ever as a kid. And my mom was like, I have no idea. I thought you guys were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Is this what you were up to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the least of what we were up to, mom. Any of you guys, uh, who's next for the... This one time, this Rob. one time, yeah, yes. yeah. This this may or may not be true events. May Don't or may care. Not. Okay, I understand for legal reasons. For legal reasons, this may be a joke. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so my friend's mom, his name is Ryan. He owned allegedly, allegedly, his mom owned a bounce house business. Nice. So she would take bounce houses out to parties, drop them off. They'd inflate and then she'd go pick them up. So for my friend's birthday, we weren't necessarily interested in bounce houses, but the shenanigans we could do while in Uh bounce houses, such as mushrooms. In a bounce? You eat them and then bounce? So it was like one of those really long, like, uh, um, obstacle course ones. Ooh. American. So we, we, we have this thing set up and it's, it's late in the night. So, you know, the fans blowing. Uh, I don't know how no one called the cops for these like four fans that are blowing for this giant obstacle co- obstacle course bounce house. Yeah. And as the terrible friend that myself and Nick are, uh, we were there supposed to be the caretaker of this event oh for his birthday. No, 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 no. We, we partook in, <laughs> in the shrooms. As people do. As people do. Allegedly. Allegedly. And so it's getting on 
further into the night and Ryan, who took most all of the shrooms, is not having a good time at all in this town's house. He's sitting at the very beginning, like holding himself in the fetal position, rocking back and forth, muttering. And me and Nick are just running back and forth through this obstacle course like it's the greatest thing we've ever done in our life. Because it was. Absolutely. Up and down the slide. Keep going. And then like... I'm like, man, maybe I should check on Ryan for a bit. I check on him and he tells me he doesn't know where his tongue is. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) he can't hurt himself. So I keep going, you know. And it starts to get cold because it's the fall in Utah. Yeah. And we're we're dropping pretty quick. And me and Nick are like, well, we should probably go inside. So we uh, we decided to go inside and then realize that we forgot Ryan. Uh Uh-oh. So we go back out. And Ryan is still in the fetal position, just not knowing what to do. Uh And we're trying to stand up and he is freaking out. I have never seen someone freak out from any trip. And that was the only time. And it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Did he, did he ever make it through the obstacle course? He just stayed in the fetal position. Just he stayed in the fetal position in the very beginning of the obstacle course. Like me and Nick had a great time, but Ryan sounds like it. Ryan had the worst birthday of his life. Um, (laughs) Well, you didn't, and that's all that matters. So we finally get him to stand up, and Frost is on the grass. That's how cold it is outside. Yes. We're just trying to get him to go step by step, and it's so cold. We Like, we can't force him to move. Uh-huh. And we're getting cold. Why would we have jackets, you know? You don't need kids. We don't need those. We finally get him to the uh, the landing of the of his back porch into the doorway. And we're explaining to him that all he needs to do is walk 10 more feet into his bedroom. And he's there. He's done. Uh-huh. He's got it. Uh-huh. He looks over at Nick. And he looks at me. And he says, this would be really great if everything wasn't strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Did he make anytime it to I, his room? He did. We made sure he made it to his room. But anytime I see a strawberry, that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Is <laughs> this man having the worst trip of his life caused by everything being a strawberry. Oof. So what was your perception? I'm curious of what a bounce house obstacle course is like on shrooms. That sounds pretty interesting to me. He obviously didn't get it. But what did you see? Uh, I only had like slight movement. Like I said, he took basically all of them. Like a allegedly level. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I think me and Nick were just like had slight visuals and really giddy. I was hoping if I did that, I would the slide would feel like I was going into a new dimension. God, I wish. And everything felt like marshmallows. I'm gonna have to try that. That's on my list now. Mushrooms in a bounce house obstacle course sounds pretty rad, right? That's what we thought. <laughs> Unless you're Ryan, right? Unless that, you're Ryan, yeah. yeah. Then it's all strawberries. Well, of course, what else are you gonna see? Killer strawberries. Oh, no. Life is good until it's all strawberries. Until it's all strawberries. (laughs) Shards, it's your turn. Oh, man. Uh, Let's see. What story do I want to tell? Could be anything. Which one do you want to try to get away with legally? Yeah. So so I'm going to lead off with the same disclaimer that, uh, that Rob left and say that this story is inspired by true events but may not necessarily be the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth so Roger, we understand <laughs> growing up in uh my hometown my dad used to live on this uh acre hill that was surrounded by cornfields 
Nice. And they started to uh, build this development uh, redacted condominiums around my dad's uh, property. Uh-huh. And the company had tried many times to try to buy out the land from my from my dad, um, offering them X amount of dollars to buy the land so they could build on it, but he refused, so they just built around it. Nice. And, yeah, being, uh, being dumb young kids, we used to go through all of the the condos and apartment buildings and houses that they were building while they were just frames and, uh-huh. you know, do things that kids do, steal tools and steal wood and break things uh, yeah. and, and whatnot. And so that, that aspect started to get boring. So we tried to figure out different fun things that we could do in these half built condos. And one time we were in there and they had like, like all the bathrooms set up, but there was no actual working plumbing. Oh boy. And <sighs> so oh boy. we thought it would be really funny if uh, over the course of a week or so, we all took turns taking poops and random <laughs> <laughs> toilets and bathtubs and sinks that were well, it all started as a joke because my little brother was with us and he wanted, yeah. you know, to run with the big kids and wanted to be with all of us while we were screwing around and whatnot. We talked him into pooping into one of the bathtubs. And then <laughs> <laughs> when he actually did it, we we're like, hey, this is a great gag. We should just start doing this every night. <laughs> oh, no. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't know what came about uh, all the poops but yeah we we i think about that every time i go to visit my dad and i look at all these condos i'm like man many toilets and sinks and bathtubs have been pooped in while they were building this thing i think that's called breaking them in possibly (laughs) someone had to go in there and clean that out because there was no working plumbing they just had the fixtures in there there was no water anything right so someone had to go in there and clean the poop out somewhere in wisconsin a contractor died at a very young age from high blood pressure and anger issues. Probably that's my guess. <laughs> we never funnier is, is that our, our current boss used to build homes and I'm sure shards is not the first one to do this. Oh, right. Yeah. There's <laughs> no way. Like people <laughs> had to do this before. <laughs> We're going to have to ask him. <laughs> he's he's going to be so upset. <laughs> I can just see him shaking his head now. He'll just do the old head shake, the old. Uh, oh man, we that, didn't take it that far. We took longer to talk BMX to jumps, for a week, but we never, uh, we never took it that far. Yeah, that's pretty that, rad. That's what it started with was stealing lumber to build half pipes BMX. and BMX jumps, and then yep. you know we would steal lumber, and then we needed tools too, so we'd steal tools because for whatever reason, some of these places they're leaving power tools behind. So those we were, were the good old yeah, days. Yeah, we were stealing power tools, and then. Uh, and then that got boring, so we just started pooping in uh, in toilets. I think that's less damaging than taking the power tools. So maybe the contractor just said, well, they may be shitting in our bathtubs, but look, my, <laughs> my drill is still here. This is progress. I'm surprised they didn't come stomping up uh, your hill and knock on your dad's door and go, uh, we know who's doing this, and it, it's that guy right. right there. It's your guy. We know it is. Excuse oh me, my sir. God. We're going to name you a DNA fecal matter test. <laughs> Oh, You're gonna man. need a warrant. You're gonna need a warrant for that. There's nothing more exhilarating than performing a B and E and just leaving a turd behind. <laughs> <Well, laughs> a B and E with a side of BM. 
that's hilarious. Well, you got me there, boys. I never did anything that crazy. Nice. That was this one time. We got BMs, we got mushrooms, and we got my sorry ass. But however, <laughs> were you not entertained? Oh, well. I got to get going on account of I'm going to go eat more terrible food and drink more great liquor. Not terrible food, incredible food and drink more liquor and uh, get more stories to take oh, back next Thursday is even more radical because I'm going to try a bunch of crap. I'm going to do some more guerrilla marketing and uh, the hijinks has just begun out west. Sounds like things are crazy back in uh, Florida and at the old shop. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone to listening. Uh, we'll have plenty more next week. We really appreciate the support. Hit us up again. Shards will read the numbers after we leave. And uh, thanks for all you've done for us and uh, all your feedback. And can't wait to talk to you all again. It's just going to get better and better. So until next week. There's only one thing better than honor. Enter. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. You heard the show, now go follow the show. Go find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Be a friend, tell a friend, and subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. Catch you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>